When I shoot my shot, they stuck on fire, where it's going, man. Cross niggas like Bubba Chuck, I never gave a fuck. Hook shot a hole like Kareem, but I never lead a fuck. I hit that Janobi with my left hand all like, woo! Bitch, you wild with me shooting in the gym? Wrong night, fucking form like Mike. Anyone, Tyson, Jordan, Jackson, action. James Harden with the range on me, nigga, way back. Michael Jordan, 1985, bitch, I traveled with a cocaine circle. And you can live through anything if magic made it. What up, my fellow Nick fans? This is your guy, Marcellus Ease. And don't panic quite yet. Now, there's a lot of things going on. The league right now potentially about to delay next season until they figure out how they're going to try to monetize it. We got the media and OKC trying to give us the okie doke with the CP3 potential trade. And we also got a few guys on the squad that are about to approach the end of their rookie deals and are going to become restricted free agents. But this is a bit of a dilemma because, like I said before, next season, there is a delay towards the start of that season while the league try to figure out how to monetize it. So it's going to affect a few of our young guys. But before I get into my quick hits, I know some of you fellas, and especially the ladies also, you guys got a lot of different interests and things you are into. So if you check out the description below, I got weekly gems. There's books and magazines you could download straight into your phone. There's music playlists there. And just a bunch of interesting articles to keep you in the know and to filter out a lot of that bullshit that hangs around. Now with all these CP3 rumors floating around, this kind of reminds me of when the judge approaches the boxers and tell them, protect themselves at all times and Knicks fans we got to protect ourselves at all times because this is one of the biggest okie dokes that we're going to get right now cp3's trade value is going to be at the highest it could get and that's not really saying much because of his age his injury history and especially that large salary cap hit that he's going to cost a lot of teams I mean, this guy is making almost John Wall money, about $6 million short of that. So OKC's general manager, Sam Presti, aka the master of the rebuild, but well, he operates under very cheap ownership. They understand that CP3's value is at the highest it's going to be right now, and they're willing to toss him out in the market to see who's dumb enough to bite. But unfortunately for them, it ain't going to be us, because in 2021, we definitely do have aspirations of going after a lot of those free agents that's going to be out in the market. And also to offload CP3, they're going to try to offload some of those draft picks that they got from the Clippers. And that's not going to work with us either way because we already have too many draft picks. But don't get it twisted. This is not CP3 hate. He's a hell of a player. But unfortunately, with his injury history, the end of that contract is not going to be sustainable. And I'm betting that OKC is actually betting on this by just throwing him out there as far as being trade bait. Chris Paul hasn't played a full 82 game season until his 10th season in the league. And let's not forget, he had three seasons in a row during the playoffs where he had a major injury that ended up costing his team the playoff series. In the 2014-15 playoff series against Houston, CP3 missed the first two games and they ended up losing that series. And in 2015-16 playoff series against the Portland Trailblazers, he broke his hand, he ended up missing the series. And the Clippers once again got eliminated. And of course, we all remember the 2016-17 series against the Golden State Warriors in which he had a hamstring issue that cost him the last two games and they end up losing that series. Even though quiet is kept, they were getting their ass bust because Andre Iguodawa was doing his thing until he got hurt. Then that whole series flipped around. 
So when you throw all these playoff injuries on top of his regular season injuries, which is also a lot, OKC is actually looking at the history of this and is definitely betting that whatever he's doing right now is not sustainable. And while his trade value is high, try to get rid of him possible to a championship contending team or to another team that needs a point guard. But for some odd reason, there's a lot of media pressure for the Knicks to do so which I don't understand where that's coming from. I feel like under the old regime, under Steve Mills, he might have fell under that pressure and made that trade. But because the Knicks are under a new regime that's actually smarter and actually more hands-on, I believe our goals are already set, and 2021 is one of them, and we have to have that cap space freed up, not into an old point guard that has a long history of just injuries. So once again, to all my Knicks fans, especially to the Knicks front office, protect yourself at all times. Speaking of protecting yourself at all times, thank God we dodged that bullet with KP. Once again, he already got hurt in the bubble in that playoff series. And this guy, for his whole career, five, six years in, has never played a game past April. I mean, it took the bubble to happen in order for him to be in an NBA game after April. And it even lasts that long. And as we all seen in the playoff series, KP can't really hold down a team and kind of even be a number two. It's pretty questionable at this point. Because if he's not available, then how valuable could he really be? Or just thank God is no longer our issue and Mark Cuban took his gamble. At least he got his Larry Bird hope. And if the KP situation doesn't work out, it won't be as bad. Now, while the league tries to figure out how to monetize next season, it presents a bit of a dilemma for us with our young guys. Not only they've been sitting around for almost a year with the rumors circulating that next season will start possibly even next to MLK Day or even possibly till March, it presents a very interesting situation for guys that are at the end of their fourth year in their rookie scale deals like Frank Nilakina and Dennis Smith Jr. Because next season was supposed to be their year to prove their worth. So when they hit the restricted free agency market, at least they can get an offer to match from the Knicks. Now with Mitchell Robinson, because he was a second round pick, his contract falls under the mid-level exception. So the Knicks have until the start of next season to pick up his final year that's not guaranteed or just don't give him another year and let him hit the market as a restricted free agent. Opening up the possibility of signing a bunch of guys in the summer of 2021 and then being able to go over the cap and possibly matching an offer that Mitchell Robinson gets elsewhere. And the other route, which I believe is probably most unlikely, is us picking up his team option before the start of next season, thus extending him to 2022. But then after that, he's going to hit the market as an unrestricted free agent. But the real dilemma here is that a lot of these guys, this year was very pivotal for them. For Mitchell Robinson, Frank Nilakina, Dennis Smith Jr. It's very pivotal for them to show what they got so the Knicks can exercise the proper options that can be more lucrative for these guys. But if the season is going to start later and guys are going to have more time off and less experience and possibly even a shortened season for next year, this is going to be a major issue when it comes to evaluating these guys. So to basically sum it up, we have a major free agency summer approaching, but in within that same year, we have a few young guys that are trying to prove themselves to see if we're able to extend these guys further than their rookie deals. And this is all happening in a possible season, which it might get shortened because the league is trying to figure out how to monetize it. And a lot of different things are in flux because of the pandemic. This is why a second bubble would most likely make a lot of sense for a lot of the teams that didn't make the playoffs because they tend to have younger guys. They need more experience. And right now, teams can't really 
form their own bubble because A is too expensive and there's no way for them to even monetize it. So they will spend a ton of money, just like how you see the bubble now that we're watching the playoffs and this shortened season that they had. They would have to run the same type of system, but not monetize it. They just doing that just to practice which makes no sense. So the league should organize some sort of bubble where it could be monetized, show on, shown on TV like Summer League. And so younger guys can get a lot more practice and a lot more reps in. Now, speaking of younger guys, the 2021 free agency class goes way beyond just the major players that are gonna be out there on the market. There's a lot of rookies that are approaching the end of their deals and their prospective teams are also trying to sign guys out of that 2021 summer free agency class. So some of the younger guys may end up hitting the market also, like Bam Adebayo in Miami. Pat Riley might not end up giving him an extension over trying to chase Giannis or some other major player in the same caliber. OG Ananobli out of Toronto, he's gonna be eligible. He could hit the market as a restricted free agent. If Toronto decides to go after other guys that summer, Kyle Kuzman on the Lakers, Lonzo Ball, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac, I believe he's out of New York City also. The only issue with him is that this past season, he had two major injuries, but he's a hell of a defensive player. So he could possibly end up hitting the market because Orlando might be a little bit shaky about giving him a contract renewal. Jared Allen out of Brooklyn, John Collins out of Atlanta. Maybe the Atlanta Hawks might end up trying to satisfy Trey Young and go after bigger names and let their rookies fall to the wayside and not give them any extension. But this is a good thing about that class of 2021. If the Knicks are not able to get any big time names, there's still other guys to negotiate and bargain with to get out of the marketplace. This was the major issue with Steve Mills. It was like, not only we couldn't get the A guys, we couldn't get the B or B minus guys. So that was a major issue and a major kind of red flag that Steve Mills negotiating skills wasn't really up to par. And this is where we have Leon Rose and the other guys surrounding him who should have much better player to management relations to acquire some of these guys. So once again, some of the names I like for 2021, just in case we strike out with the big names, is guys like Bam Adebayo out of Miami, OG Ananobi out of Toronto, these are great guys that we could have and develop. Of course, I don't like Kyle Kuzman, but I do like Jonathan Isaac. I want to see how that situation plays out because I think he might get low ball because of his injuries, and maybe we can get him on a, a one-year deal with a team option to see how he bounces back from his injury. So there's still going to be plenty of opportunity outside of the top guys that are going to hit that free agency class. And this is where, once again, having good management is going to really kick in guys with good negotiation skills, guys with more personal skills with players. Also, Jared Allen out of Brooklyn. Maybe he might get sick of Kyrie and Kevin Durant because there is a riff in that locker room between the veteran, more polished guys and the younger guys, guys like Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, and Spencer Dinwiddie. Now, as far as this offseason, the offseason for 2020, there's only two guys really that are high-profile rookies that are not going to get extensions off rip from their teams. And that's Harry Giles out of Sacramento. That's because there's a lot of mismanagement over there, especially from Vladi Divad. The fact that they gave Buddy Hill the contract, they got to give Bagley a contract, they still got to give De'Aaron Fox a contract. You know, they're tied up with Harrison Barnes. It's kind of mismanagement that they're going to end up losing one of their rookies, Harry Giles, who has major injury issues, but he also has a lot of upside. But 
they're going to eventually lose him for nothing in the free agency market because they mismanaged their money once again. But he's going to hit the market. It'll be interesting to see if he could possibly get a one-in-one -one deal where we, you know, one year with a team option. Maybe that's something where we can go for. And also Josh Jackson, former fourth overall pick by the Phoenix Suns. Of course, he's been up and down. Very athletic guy, but I'm not too keen on him. But these are the types of opportunities that do come up and they'll be more frequent in 2021. But once again, Josh Jackson, I'm not too big on him, even though he's a high profile rookie. Um, he needs to go to some place like San Antonio where they're going to strip him of his personality and just make him a basketball robot because he has way too much athleticism, but just not enough basics. It's, it's very strange the way his player archetype is. But it is what it is. They moved up the draft date, by the way, to November 18th. I mean, I'm telling you right now, the league next season is just a lot of question marks. I mean, the main issue is the smaller market teams. They need the fans to be in the stands because they really benefit from that revenue sharing program because they really can't afford to just pay players without fans. But hopefully the league figures out something and they get a bubble for teams like ours and the other teams that have younger players that just been off the court for almost a year. And speaking of cats that haven't been on the court for over a year, KD is still talking about the Knicks, man. Still being asked questions about the Knicks because, of course, there's an obsession. <laughs> there's an obsession with who the media really loves, and they want that fan base. They want the clicks. They want everything. But it always amazes me why KD gets asked about the Knicks. Why didn't you go to the Knicks? The real question should be, why did you leave Golden State? Why was Brooklyn a, even a choice over Golden State? We're talking about San Francisco right now has the hub of just a money-making machine in the world. I mean, eventually Silicon Valley, they're going to be the new Wall Street. I mean, if that's not the case already, they control everything. They have all the data. Why would Kevin Durant leave that place with all the success and championships and choose Brooklyn? And there's no way in hell you can't tell me Golden State didn't want him to stay. They built that stadium, all that money that they spent. But it amazes me how Kevin Durant also admitted that he made his decision in February and March of that season. So the reason why I still don't understand the guy is kind of giving away gems on his thinking process, but yet just a key trigger word, the Knicks, AKA James Dolan, the media, telling you his beef with the Daily News, it has a trickle down effect and the rest of the media, they wanna get at him. But that same toxic media coverage is gonna follow KD no matter where he goes. Cause also in this interview, he admitted his personality. He thought that Brooklyn was quiet enough where he wasn't gonna hear too much noise. But what he doesn't get is that once he starts playing, that toxic media coverage is gonna follow him there. And at the end of the day, he wasn't really built to be a Nick. He wanted to be in Brooklyn because it was low key. It was quiet. He just wants to play ball and do his thing. Ain't nothing wrong with that. My only issue is him telling us what's cool. There's no one that's trying to be low key and quiet. That's going to tell a whole city, especially New York City, what's cool. I mean, PG County, where KD is from out in Maryland, there's a lot of dope shit coming out of there. But no one from there has ever told people from New York City what's cool. It is what it is. You guys check it out. No, I never planned on going to the Knicks. Like. I, that was just the media putting that out there, especially once I um, decided to take that. Um, I didn't sign a three-year deal that previous summer. So once I signed that, was it a two-year, one plus one, just the noise got louder around me just going to the Knicks for some reason. Knicks need a savior. You know how that goes. Every time a big free agent is up, the Knicks, need, Knicks are going to get him. So it just took off. And then once... You know, 
the media infiltrated our locker room with that Draymond situation. They just ran with <laughs> they they ran with the they ran with the the rumors even more and it just got so loud every single day and I mean players hear it and they hear they go on hoop type every day and hear rumors every day and start to believe it. So I think the media just hyped it up and wanted just wanted to just create drama around our team so much and around me that they made up this Knicks thing. So around February, as I was thinking, I just wanted to I didn't want to be the savior of the Knicks or New York. I didn't care about being a king of New York. Like that never really moved me. I didn't care about being on Broadway. Like that shit I just wanna play ball and go to the crib and chill, you know. So I felt like that that's what Brooklyn embodied and I wanted to live in New York, you know what I'm saying? So I felt like Brooklyn was everything that I'm about. Chill, on the low, all black, everything. We quiet, just focused on basketball. There's no show when you come to our game, no Madison Square Mecca, all of that shit. Like I we just gonna hoop and and build something new over in Brooklyn. So I felt that way around February, leading up into March. And then once the free agency hit, it was time. Like that rumor just had so it just took off. It took, it was about six or seven months of Knicks rumors. So it's like it's hard to walk it back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We even writing articles about uh, my me us about it, buying a new building in New York, uh, renting out a new building for our offices. That was a story. You know, me selling my me a, a house that I moved out of in San Francisco was getting sold. I moved out of a year before. That was a story how I was going to New York. So everything I was doing was a fucking story. And it was just like, yeah, everybody in the world was like, damn, Cake, I thought you was going to be a Nick, man. You ain't want to go to the Knicks. I'm talking about random people. I'm like, yeah, y'all just listening to the media, man. So they just, the media is so powerful, especially in especially in San Francisco. And they ran, and they were, they were the worst at it in the Bay. They just, they couldn't stop. They were obsessed with me and my free agency and me going to the Knicks. Yeah, the reason why they were obsessed with KD going to the Knicks is that they couldn't believe he would choose James Dolan over Golden State and all the success in Silicon Valley and everything that they had. So they were trying to shame him of his potential decision, which the same tactic we see today is done through social media, through various topics. They try to shame people, perhaps for their opinions, which is only an opinion or a decision that they make. They try to shame them. It's the same way they tell us, oh, the Knicks are trash, the Knicks are this, that, and third. James Dolan is a garbage owner. It becomes extra offensive when the media sees that the Knicks are one of the most valued franchises in all of sports. It kind of reminds them that they don't have the power that they once did to influence the people. You see the same scenario play out through our politics today, and it confuses them how one man or one woman could continue to become more and more successful, even though the media as a whole ridicules them. This is one of the hurdles that the Knicks have to overcome in order to be successful because we have such a machine driving so much negativity on us. It is what it is. Like I said, Knicks fans, protect yourself at all times. You guys stay safe. Peace.